Welcome to the Missio Day podcast. Missio Day is a family of Jesus, joining God as he makes all things new in Chicago. Check us out online at missiodaychicago.com. We're going to do things just a slightly differently this morning. We're going to do three things. We're going to talk about a problem, a problem that many of us face and that our world is facing. We're going to talk about a prayer, a historic prayer of the church and how it can help us with that problem that many of us face. And then we're going to practice. We are actually going to do the thing that we're talking about. So we're actually going to practice a uh, historic form of prayer together. So those are the three things we're going to do. A little bit different than a, a normal sort of sermon. But I think uh, if we embrace it and, and um, kind of center ourselves on what God wants to do, I think it could be really meaningful. So a problem, a prayer, and a practice. Here's the problem. Uh, Socrates who was a Greek philosopher, I'm sure you've heard of him, is credited as the founder of Western philosophy, and in particular, the ethical tradition of philosophy. He was a polarizing figure in his day, I think. We don't really think about it like this because it was so long ago, but in that time, he was very, very divisive. He never wrote down any of his teachings. Much of what we know about Socrates was documented by his students, like Plato and others. In 399 BC, so before Christ, Socrates was accused of impiety and corruption. Basically, people felt like his ideas were sort of corrupting the society at the time. So this led him to be placed in a legal trial. Um, and they were basically trying to decide, should this man be imprisoned and executed? And at his trial, Plato was there kind of recording some things that Socrates was saying. And, and one of the most famous quotes that we have from Socrates was recorded during his trial. So Socrates was asked, like, will you stop doing this, this philosophy stuff? It's, it's messing with society. This is how he responded. And he knew this would cost him his life. He said this, the unexamined life is not worth living. The unexamined life is not worth living. This truth that he declared cost him his life. He was actually executed, and so he is living proof of this. Um, but this idea has withstood the test of time. 2,500 years later, this truth still sparks our imagination. It influenced th thinkers like Soren Kierkegaard and Friedrich Nietzsche and beyond. We also see this idea laced throughout Scripture, both the Old Testament and the New Testament, and in particular, we see this idea in the book of Psalms. Life is not meant to be lived mindlessly, haphazardly, aimlessly, right? Life is meant to be lived with great attention, awareness, examination of the deep meaning that is happening all around each and every one of us. But if we're honest, sometimes it's quite a bit easier to live life without examination, to live without an awareness of what is happening around us, to just go through the motions, so to speak. We're busy with work or with school. It's draining to keep up with the never-ending news feeds. And most of us aren't Greek philosophers after all. So who cares if we live a little bit of our lives without examination, right? Many of us are just trying to get through the day, to wake up in the morning and make it to work, to get Get to the gym maybe a few times a week or go for a run to cook dinner to spend time with the family to hopefully make it to 9 or 10 p.m. when we can turn on Netflix and veg out a little bit right for me here, here's what this kind of looks like I was convicted as I was thinking of this um, 
you know, I'll have a long day or just a normal day or whatever, sit down for dinner with Shannon, my wife, and she'll ask me about my day or she'll be telling me about her day. And I'm there, I'm listening for, for a few minutes, but eventually I just glaze over. My whole face, you can just see it in my eyes, you can see it in my face, and I might be able to pretend to listen and say, mm-hmm, yeah, I'm, I'm tracking with you. I pretend for a little while, um, but eventually it's pretty obvious that I'm just mindlessly going through the motions. I might be daydreaming about a vacation that I wanna plan or running through my to-do list for later that day or, or the next day, but I'm not present to the moment and the person that's right in front of me. It's gotten to the point where even if I am listening now, if I say, mm-hmm, too many times, she'll be like, hey, are you there? Are you listening? So I gotta watch myself. Um, And it's funny, but it's also sad because I want to be the kind of person who is present to what's really going on around me. I want to be aware of myself and others and ultimately, most importantly, what God is doing in and through my life. Do you resonate with that? Do you want to be the kind of person who's aware of yourself and others and, and most importantly, what God is doing? I mean, based, I'm sure you've heard, based on this wi- rising uh, kind of widespread popularity of practices like mindfulness, it's obvious that our world desires and needs to grow in awareness and attentiveness to what's going on in our lives. So... There's a lot of different ways to grow in mindful awareness of of what's going on in front of us. Millions of different things that we could try. But for this morning, I want to focus our attention on one thing. And it's what I think we see in Psalm 77. And it's this. It's, It's the practice of meditating on the past. Meditating on the past. When we meditate on the past, we become more aware of ourselves, others, and God in the present moment. There's something about looking back that helps us be present in the here and now. Let's start with the opening lines of Psalm 77. It says, I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night, I stretched out untiring hands, and I would not be comforted. The psalm opens with this picture of of a man in distress, of a man crying out to God but not able to find comfort. Simply put, I think in that present moment, the psalmist did not have an awareness of God's presence. This is you or me after that long day, like I said, when we don't want to be paying attention to life or a conversation. We just want to flip on the TV. We're not present to ourselves, to others, to God. That's where this psalm begins, right? The next thing, though, that happens is really important, okay? Because for the rest of this psalm, the next 10 verses or so, the author begins to look back, to to begin to meditate on the past. Over and over again, we hear words like, I remembered, I meditated, I thought, I considered, and so on. So at first, I think this is really important, he's meditating on times when God felt distant. He immediately begins thinking of times where he felt similarly to to where he felt God's absence. Verses three to nine. I remembered you, God, and I groaned. I meditated and my spirit grew faint. You kept my eyes from closing. I was too troubled to speak. I thought about the former days, the years of long ago. I remembered my songs in the night. My heart meditated and my spirit asked, will the Lord reject forever? Will he never show his favor again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten 
to be merciful has he in anger withheld his compassion. The psalmist is meditating on these these former days, these days of long ago. He's remembering those moments when he felt rejected, when he felt an absence of God's favor, when he felt a vanishing of God's love, a lack of God's mercy, right? In this moment, for some reason, when he's already feeling distressed, he looks back on times that felt similarly. But then, and this is, this is really crucial, the emphasis begins to turn. Something shifts in this man where he was thinking back on these times of distress, but then he chooses to shift his attention to times when God felt present, to times when God was powerfully working. Verses 10 to 15, then I thought, to this I will appeal, The years when the Most High stretched out his right hand, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on your mighty deeds. Your ways, God, are holy. What God is as great as our God? You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the people. With your mighty arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. I love the honesty of how this psalm begins, not ignoring, but really owning the times when God has felt distant. That is crucial, important, probably a necessary first step for many of us. But at the same time, I love that this psalmist wants to remember. Actually, it uses the word appeal, almost like like pleading for God to help him remember the times when, it's, it's harder sometimes to remember the times when God felt near, right? It's easy easier almost to remember the times when God felt distant. So he almost has to ask God, like appeal to God, help me remember, right? And so I love this this line that, that the psalmist says that he will consider all of God's works and meditate on all of God's mighty deeds. And as he does that, as he looks back on how God has been present in his past, he slowly begins to become more aware of how God is with him in the present moment. Through Psalm 77, we see a powerful example of how meditating on the past helps us become more aware of ourselves, of others, and of God in the present moment. But like I said, this is a problem. Many of us, because of our our kind of general culture, we don't value looking back on the past. We're busy. We're constantly moving from one thing to the next. We prioritize the future, what's upcoming. We have much more in our minds about what's happening later today, tomorrow. I don't know about you, but I'm kind of still thinking about where to go for lunch after this. Um, We're constantly thinking about the future. Our culture just doesn't even the we definitely don't value um, thinking back on the past, but even the present moment, it's hard for us to be aware and present. This has led many of us to fall victim to this, this really, really poetic line from T.S. Eliot. He said this, we had the experience, but missed the meaning. We had the experience, but missed the meaning. So simple and so true, right? How many of us, how often do we have experiences but we miss out on what is really happening, on what is really meaningful about the experience, right? We have the experience but we miss the meaning because we're operating in this state of unawareness, inattentiveness to ourselves, others, and God. The reality is, though, 
I believe, most of us desire to be aware. It's not that we are lazy or we don't want to be aware. We desire it. We just don't exactly know how to be aware of both the experience and the meaning. So how? How do we become people who can actually have the experience and have the meaning? How do we, like Psalm 77, learn to be people who meditate on our past and notice where God felt absent and present so that, all for the purpose of becoming aware of God in the present moment? Like I said, we're going to talk about a problem, a prayer, and a practice. That brings us to a prayer. Thankfully, there's a historic Christian prayer practice that helps us to do just that. It's called the examine. The examine. It's also known as the examination of consciousness, right? This is a prayer that was developed by St. Ignatius of Loyola. If you've heard of Loyola University, named after St. Ignatius and Loyola, he wrote the spiritual exercises, which is less of a book. It's more of a guide to um, 30 days of spiritual practices to help you encounter God. But he wrote this in the early 1500s, okay? And it has been widely adopted by many streams of Christianity. It's a powerful way to reflect and notice where God has been present and where it's been difficult to notice God in our lives. The Society of Jesus, which is part of the Roman Catholic Church, also known as the Jesuits, um, they practice the examine two times every single day. They are the order of the church that St. Ignatius would eventually found and start. And so they take this prayer so seriously um, that they do this at noon, about midday, and later in the day. Now, it's not a prayer that you recite, like, the Hail Mary or the Lord's Prayer. It's a almost like a reflective, meditative prayer with multiple steps. Um, so Dennis Lynn has a book about the examine. He says this, the examine makes us aware of moments that at first we might easily pass by as insignificant, moments that ultimately can give direction for our lives. In other words, the examine helps us become and notice how God is at work throughout the ups and downs of our everyday lives. Here's the five movements of the prayer of examine. One, become aware of God's presence. Pretty straightforward, just become aware that God is with you. Two, review the day with gratitude. Look back on the day and be thankful for the beautiful, good moments. Three, pay attention to your emotions. How do you feel as you look back on your day? Are there some moments that make you sad or or hurting? Are there moments that make you happy? Choose one feature of the day, just one, and pray from, pray from it. God, that conversation I had was really difficult, and I want to have a conversation with you about that. And then five, look toward tomorrow. Look to the next day. What do you want to carry forward with you from that time of prayer? What might God be inviting you into that next day? So you can see from these five steps, the examine was designed to be prayed daily. That's how it was created. That is the original intent. And I I would recommend that you give it a shot. Try it every day. I've done that for seasons of my life. If I'm honest, it has never stuck to I'm not doing it every single day at this current moment. But there are seasons when I've tried. For me, I don't do it at the very end of the day because I start falling asleep. But if you do it around 7 p.m. or like right after dinner, that could be a really, or maybe before dinner, that could be a really good time to to try it out. So I, I would recommend that. But here's the really cool thing about the examine. 
um, it can be adapted and done in, in various ways. You could try it weekly, monthly, or even seasonally. I have a, a yearly planner, and, and the first day of the year, they recommend doing an examine on the last year of your life. Very um, formative and, and cool way to do it. So that's the cool thing. It can be adapted and, and done differently. And so here's the thing. While we could talk a lot about the examine, I, I have a lot more that I feel like I could say, as is true with most forms of prayer and just most things in life in general, the best way to learn it is to do it. So for the next 15 minutes or so, we're going to transition into a practice of the examine. We talked about the problem. We talked about the prayer. Now we're going to practice. But rather than reflect on our day today, we've only had um, a few hours, we're going to take on the spirit of Psalm 77, and we're going to meditate on a wider window of the past. As the seasons, unfortunately, slowly change from summer to fall, we're going to look back on our, don't worry if you're new to Chicago, we still got two more at least two more great months of weather. There might be some random snow in October, but usually we're good until, until like November. Um, so don't, it's not changing too quickly. But we are gonna reflect on our, our summer. So whether that feels like the last two months, three months, whatever that is for you, um, we're gonna look back and notice where God felt present and where God felt distant. So as I guide us through some reflective uh, questions. If you're someone who likes to journal or write, you may have grabbed a sheet of paper and pen. If not, they're in the back. Go ahead and get up right now and go grab one if you want one. Um, there's a pen, there's a paper. You don't need it because I'll guide us and it'll also be on the screen. But if you like to write, go do that now. Grab a pen, grab a sheet of paper. Uh, we're going to go through these five movements uh, together. Um, but yeah, the prompts will be on the screen. And also, I just want to say, if this uh, makes, feels a little unfamiliar or even uncomfortable to do something like this in, in a church setting, I totally get that. This is new for most of us, and so that's totally fine. Uh, I just want to remind us, this is a spiritual practice. So the first time you try something, it might not click in the same way that it will after you give it 5, 10, 15 tries. So if it feels a little weird, a little new, that's totally okay. Give it another try in a week or a month. Um, and, and try to make a practice of it and see if it sticks, okay? Um, here we are. So just remember, though, the purpose of this, the hope, is not just to reflect, not just to think back, but really to notice God and to have a conversation with God so that we might be able to be present to God and ourselves and others in our everyday lives. That's the heart. That's the goal. So whatever may help you do that, do that. If you want to move around the room, whatever will help you have that kind of experience, okay? So we begin with movement one, becoming aware of God's presence. I invite you to settle into a comfortable position, maybe put both feet on the floor, just whatever says I'm in a prayerful sort of posture for you, and begin to breathe deeply. As you breathe in, remember that God is closer than the air we breathe. The Hebrew word for the Spirit of God is breath or wind. God is closer than your breath. As you breathe out, try to let go of any distractions, uh, any to-do lists or any, any things that come to mind that distract you from God. Just try to let them go. Take another deep breath. I'm gonna leave a minute now of space for you to just breathe and become aware of God's presence. 
Holy Spirit, guide us as we pray. Now let's transition to movement two, reviewing the summer with gratitude. Think back on the last two or maybe three months and take note of the moments that brought you joy and delight. Could be something big, like a trip you got to go on, or it could be something really small, a good cup of coffee, a meal you got to share with a friend. Is there one memory in particular that makes you feel grateful? Don't have to count out or list out every single thing. Just really pick one and savor it. Don't have to count your blessings, just savor your blessings. And allow yourself to meditate on whatever comes to mind with gratitude. The next three minutes are yours to pray. Holy Spirit, guide us as we pray. Okay, now we're gonna transition to the third movement, which is paying attention to our emotions. So you continue reflecting on your summer. What felt the most joyful, the most life-giving to you? 
And then what felt more difficult or life thwarting? When did you have a really deep sense of connection with God or others or yourself? And when did you feel the least connected? Allow both good and hard moments or emotions to come to mind. Remember the psalmist started with that, that pain, that difficult moment. So allow both good and hard moments to come. The next three minutes are yours to pray. Holy Spirit, guide us as we pray. All right, we're gonna move on to movement four, choosing a memory or emotion and praying from it. So pick one memory or one emotion that came up as you looked back over these last two or three months. Just pick one. And what do you want to say to God about it? Is there anything that you want to ask God or bring before God? And then make space. Is there something that God may want to say to you? So talk and listen. The next three minutes, are yours to pray. Holy Spirit, guide us as we pray.
And lastly, we're gonna do movement five, looking forward to the future with hope. As we prepare to enter this new season, this fall season together, what do you wanna carry with you from the summer? What do you wanna, do you wanna carry with you even from this time of prayer? How are you feeling going into this next season? Are you feeling excited? Are you feeling anxious? Are you feeling scared? And then lastly, how might you ask God to help you in this next season? What do you want to ask for as you prepare your heart, as you prepare your mind to go into this next season? So the next two minutes are going to be yours to pray. Holy Spirit, guide us as we pray. God, thank you for the ways you sometimes speak in a holy, gentle whisper. Even those moments that feel hard to hear from you, those moments when you feel far, God, help us to see how you've been present to us in our past and then recognize how you are with us today. You're with us in the ups and downs, the joyful moments and the painful moments. So Holy Spirit, help us encounter you in each moment of our lives so that we might be your hands and feet in our neighbors and our cities um, and our world. We pray in Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. We love to keep the conversation going. Find a weekly gathering or gospel community in a neighborhood near you. To find out more, check us out online at missiodechicago.com.